0: So you can know that you are Interesting. We are phone is off. Forgive me. I didn't say anything yet. <laughs> Lord of mercy. I hope those of you in the North Fellowship Hall can read lips. So welcome to Holy Week, an opportunity for us to offer our hearts, our minds, and all of our strength to our lord holy week is the culmination of our lenten journey our fasting our almsgiving our increased prayer life are not ends in themselves the end is joining ourselves in our lord's passion our our end is to be saved by uniting our cross to his cross. Lent really is a microcosm or a metaphor of our whole life. And Lent is just an, infin- an intensification of the journey that we're all on, the journey down that river guided by the Holy Spirit. Holy work Week just further intensifies that focus we focus upon Christ and His cross, and we endeavor to enter into His immeasurable love that He displays for us. In yesterday's gospel, the gospel of the raising of Lazarus, it begins with them out in the desert, south of, or in the desert east of Jericho, and. He tells them that he is going up to Jerusalem. And they know that he's told them many times before that he is going up to Jerusalem and he is going to die. He's going to be beaten and tortured and he is going to die. And yet, he tarried. Yet now he says, we are going up to Jerusalem because our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep and we are going to wake him. That is to raise him from the dead. And Thomas says this beautiful thing which I would like to make the motto of my life he says let us go with him that we may die with him and this is the same call that all of us can hear as we enter into Holy Week let us go with him that we may die with him that we may die to our passions that we might die to all those things which hold us back from communion with Christ. All those things which prevent us from offering our hearts to Christ. Now as we enter Holy Week, in our remembrance of our Lord's Passion, I would like to look at the Gospel for today and the experience of the Apostles as they began their journey with their Lord to His Passion they didn't know what we knew. He told them and they knew that they were on their way to Jerusalem and they were expecting to die with him. They had the expectation that he was going to die and they were going to die with him. And yet, on the way, he encounters Bartimaeus, the blind man, and heals him. He encounters Zacchaeus and he they stayed at his house for a day. And Zacchaeus was rich, so they probably had a pretty nice meal. And so, on this several days on their way to Bethany to see Lazarus, things were pretty much normal. It didn't feel like they were going up to die. And then he raises Lazarus from the dead. He shows them something he has showed them before but never something like this that he has the power to call someone back from Hades as father mentioned yesterday and many, many who were in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover and it is said that Passover's population sorry, Jerusalem's population at Passover was said to rival Rome the capital of the empire capital of the known world during the Feast of Passover. So were many people there, and many people heard about what had happened, and many people were believing. Jesus tells his disciples in one of the other Gospels, today's Gospel of the Triumphal Entry of Palm Sunday is actually in all four Gospels. They ask him to go find a donkey, and they find a donkey for him to ride, And it could not have been lost on the people, at least many of them, that this was fulfilling a a prophecy of the Messiah. that, That the king would come in humility to serve. And then his entrance down the hill from the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem and all the palms being waved, a symbol of victory. Many, many in the crowd are believing in him And they are joyful. They're shouting, basically, the Messiah has come to save us. This is what Hosanna means. Save us now. Now is the time for us to be saved. Now I said I was going to try to take the perspective of the disciples. What must they have been thinking? What must they have been feeling? Think about the confusion of all these different experiences things that seem contradictory that they're going to the Lord's death and yet here he is being exalted as the coming king and truthfully he is the coming king just not in the way that people expect what were they thinking they must have been terribly confused now I confess to you that on Palm Sunday as I enter Holy Week as I look forward to it I'm not sure how to feel, like the apostles. I'm not sure what I should be thinking exactly, but I I don't know exactly how I'm supposed to feel. I know this is going to be hard. This is a challenging week. And the church does this for us so that it can soften us. It can break down some of the things that stand in our way and help us. So what are we thinking? And what are we feeling? How should we approach this feast? This week? Obviously with fasting, with many church services. Our own dear Metropolitan Yorosimos sent out a reflection this week for Holy Week. And I'd like to read you a short bit. He says, In hearing the story of his passion, we are given the opportunity to meditate and reflect upon the events not just to refresh and refresh our history of the events, but to allow our hearts and our minds to contemplate the extent of God's love for each of us. As we do this, we find that God's love for us is inexhaustible and unending, to which we can only respond with words of adoration and praise and thanksgiving. So while we commemorate this week the events of our Lord's Passion, it is not just so that we refresh our history and our knowledge, the things we know in our mind, what happened to our Lord, that we can offer our hearts to this, to this Holy Week. And to some extent, we can remember truly in our hearts what the Lord has done for us and his great and amazing love for us. That we could feel it beyond just the knowledge, but we can feel it in our hearts. So much we have in our heads. We often leave our hearts behind. Now I'm not just talking about emotions, but I'm talking about this very center of our being, which includes our feelings and emotions. But very often it seems, that we are fearful of our emotions. But truly, our emotions and our feelings and our heart is where we truly experience life and love and our Lord. Our head is where we figure things out. Our heart is where we experience Christ. There was once a young woman in our parish, a young, actually a child, an eight-year-old, My wife reminded me of this story. And she'd been to church many, many times. But on Holy Thursday, she walked into the church and she saw Christ on the cross. And she lost it. Because she was not guarding her heart the way we do. She had not learned to numb her heart so that she could function in the day-to-day. She saw that And responded with her whole self, and in her eight-year-old sensitive self, she could not contain her grief. It seems we are fearful of this. Do we walk into the church and see Christ on the cross, and do we feel it? Do we experience it? Do we weep for our sins? Are we afraid that our hearts will confuse our minds? and prevent us from getting along. But God is targeting our hearts. Especially he is targeting those of us whose hearts are broken. Father has taught us a word, if I, I think it's right, harmolipi. Is that right? This is the Greek word that describes what we are supposed to experience this week. And this is translated as a bright, sadness, or a joyful mourning. And as I thought about those words that we use, those words are not words of thinking. Those are words of feeling. Those are words of the heart. Brightness, joy, sadness, mourning. This is the experience that the church is offering us and has been offering us throughout our Lenten journey. It offers us even more during this Holy Week. This is our great challenge from from the church and from the Holy Spirit that we will engage our hearts more fully in the services of Holy Week. The the week is so stacked with services. We wonder, why why do we put so many things into this week? It is to fill us beyond what our heads can manage so that our hearts will be engaged. Truthfully, I can't tell you how we engage our hearts. It is a struggle for me to engage my heart, to let my heart and my mind cooperate as I approach Christ. But this week, I challenge you, and the Church challenges you, to participate deeply and engage your heart. Now, Father Thomas Hopko, a blessed memory, once said, Pray as you can, not as you think you should. Very few of us are going to be able to attend to all of the services this week. It may be quite difficult for some of us, because we live far away or the timing of our jobs or whatever, to travel these distances to, to make all the surfaces and to enter in with our hearts and our minds into the rhythm of our Lord's passion. Instead, we we'll get pieces. So, Father Hopko suggests that we do whatever we can, but not less than we can. And be satisfied that the Lord will meet us by doing as we could, not under compulsion, but freely from our heart. One person last year, if you remember last year, there was none of us here for Holy Week. Holy Week was... A priest, a deacon, an altar server, and a chanter, and a rather poor camera. And yet one person said to me, this has been the best Holy Week ever, because I was able, for the first time, to go to all the services. So whether we can make it here in person, please try to make it to as many of the services as you can in person. But if not, engage your heart as much as you can in the services that are being streamed to your home so that you might be able to follow the flow, to be immersed in the current of the Holy Spirit that has brought us together today and that is going to carry us through. The, The epistle says today, Brethren, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let us rejoice today because we have this opportunity to be together and to celebrate our Lord's passion and his immense and wonderful love for us.